Section four of the Sainted Queens. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sainted Queens by Unknown. Saint Margaret of Scotland. Chapter four. Queen Margaret's munificence to churches. Her influence over her husband. She encourages ceremony at court she reforms public manners she promotes industry and commerce munificence to the house of god is very nearly allied to the charity which cares for the living temples of his body apart altogether from the pious desire to lodge him in his sacramental presence in a manner not at least inferior to the palaces in which earthly sovereignty resides a desire symbolized by the lavish act of mary when she anointed jesus for his burial and which the censorious traitor interpreted as a waste of precious materials the poor are not robbed of the wealth which builds and adorns the temples of god the poor in the short intervals of their rest from toil love to exchange their close and squalid abodes for the free air and the liberty of spacious churches the poor feel the exchange more agreeable than the rich who return to homes more luxuriously furnished than the church the poor also feel as if they had a kind of property in their churches they seem almost to belong to them the church is at least common ground above the ordinary level of the world on which they can meet their richer neighbors with something of an equality all that a noble church expresses all that is done there and foreshadowed there is common to rich and poor and the poor feel that in their hearts bless the founders of noble churches as among their truest benefactors such was doubtless the double motive of this holy queen in her large contributions to the beauty of god's house on the side of the humbler temple at dunfermline where she had been married and crowned she erected a fine church in honor of the blessed trinity the best decorations that the age afforded were bestowed upon it the vessels used in the service of the altar were of solid gold mention is made also of a cross of exquisite workmanship and profusely ornamented with jewels and the precious metals with an image of our crucified lord attached to it which excited the devotion of every one who entered the queen's new church at dunfermline we must not confound with this crucifix another cross to which queen margaret had much devotion in which as we shall see by and by she carried about with her on her journeys this was long afterwards known as the black cross of scotland it was to lodge it worthily that king david the youngest son of queen margaret built and endowed the abbey of holyrood or holy cross at edinburgh the queen was also a great benefactor to the church of st andrews afterwards the metropolitan see of scotland there too she erected a cross which was long regarded with peculiar veneration her chamber was always filled with materials for church decoration and for the divine service with censors and copes and chasubles and stoles and altar cloths and priests vestments some of these were in the process of manufacture others of them when finished were kept there for a while to be looked at and admired in short the queen's workroom resembled the warehouse of a dealer in church ornaments st margaret also erected a small chapel near roslin three miles to the south of edinburgh 
in honor of st catherine of egypt whose body is related to have been buried on mount sinai the ruins of this chapel which were still visible late in the last century gave their name to the neighboring mansion house which is still called st catherine's before queen margaret could effect so much for the honor of religion it is clear that she must have gained very considerable influence over her husband although at first rude and illiterate he was very tractable and easily came into the views of his amiable queen her first success seems to have been in persuading him to reform his life the duties of justice of purity of charity and of mercy are precisely those in which a man raised only a few degrees above a savage would be most wanting and in those duties he had before his eyes a daily model in queen margaret she managed him so prudently as not to make her religion offensive to him as too often happens from the indiscretion of pious people before queen margaret had done with her apt scholar she had taught him both how to keep his conscience free from great sin and also how to imitate her exercise of the works of mercy she had taught him the value of prayer so much so that he was often induced to join his holy queen in the exercise of public devotion for which she stole time from the hours of the night margaret brought to her great task of civilizing scotland and its sovereign a larger worldly experience than his which she had gained during long and familiar residence at courts considerably further advanced in civilization knowing the value of a certain ceremoniousness in preserving the subordination of one rank to another without which society falls into serious disorder margaret introduced greater state into her husband's court she persuaded him to command the attendance of a guard of honor when he appeared in public state ceremonies were conducted with more decorum when the king entertained his nobles greater attention was paid to external propriety both in dress and in behavior and the sovereign and his guests were for the first time served in gold and silver the whole tenor of the holy queen's life will plead for her against any suspicion of ostentation in these new arrangements they were designed with excellent tact for the purpose of teaching her rude people in a way which they could easily comprehend the natural distinctions of rank and the reciprocal duties of one order in society to another her reforms at court went deeper than this she chose only women of noble birth and of unimpeachable character for her attendance she permitted no levity of manners among the young courtiers in her presence her own manners were marked by a union of sweetness with reserve which both attracted every one who approached her and at the same time checked familiarity even when she was gayest she never indulged in empty laughter and when she was compelled to find fault she never failed in dignity even in the most provoking circumstances her influence as may be imagined from this description which we owe to one who knew her well was very great it repressed the license of a half-civilized court and maintained a high tone of propriety probably new to her courtiers from the reign of this illustrious lady may be dated the earliest efforts of scotland in commercial industry she encouraged merchants to import both by sea and from england many and various kinds of goods such as scotland had never known before more particularly in wearing apparel of an ornamental kind and this no doubt with a view to elevating the taste and the tone of her people 
for excepting the savage pomp of war they were strangers to anything better than the squalid habits of their barbarian homes we shall not attempt to decide the question whether the invention of the scottish tartan owes its origin to these efforts of queen margaret historians have said so and the thing is very possible end of chapter four of saint margaret of scotland end of section four